3: Back here on the KNC masterpiece on 105.3, the fan and Sean Sharif is welcome to walk into this room and start lighting it on fire if he wants to. Right now, he was collecting some things and on his way out the door when he saw the news that the Chargers have hired Kellen Moore as their new offensive coordinator. And Mike, do you want to go ahead and time give to the- buy some Herbies?
0: <laughs> Herbies getting hot, baby. Do you,
3: that's where everybody's about to go with this is that Kellen Moore is about to go put on a cooking show. With Justin Herbert and all those weapons over there, Sean. I hope we were right. I hope the whole
2: city was right. He was a bomb. He was a scrub. Kellen Curl more. Kellen Curl route. And now he's probably in a better situation to succeed with a more talented quarterback for sure. But how about the teams that had the instant interest in him? Yes. Tampa Bay, Chargers, Carolina interviewing. I hope we were right. Do
0: you remember Cowboy fans when he took over and just how he's the next great thing and they were doing interviews on, you know, NFL Network was having different type of segments on, man, Kellen Moore, he's going to take over this world in the NFL because of his love for play calling since he's been a kid. He was a successful college guy he did get to back up in the NFL for four to five years so he has the experience of the NFL he was groomed obviously we're not big fans of Linehan and Garrett but he was groomed for this and I'm not saying he's going to be the best I do think there's guys that are better than him but I do think he is good at his job and now Sean I'll throw it to you I think that not I'm not trying to take shots at Dak here even though it kind of sounds like it I do think he will feel less limited by his quarterback now.
2: Of course. I think we all wanted to fall in love with the idea of, like, we had the next mad scientist, right? He's sitting there at Boise, and he had to be a genius to get those stats in that playing career. With that soft arm. With yeah. that body <laughs> uh, and that and that stature, and he was just groomed. and He came out of the factory to be an offensive coordinator, and he did put up very good numbers here. I could argue his resume with four straight Cooper Rush wins and a new left tackle and acclimating C.D. and no number two. Uh, but
3: I that, I that those
2: I, I do want to go back real quick because I
3: said this while y'all were in a meeting. The Cooper Rush wins were impressive because it was a backup, but their defense was elite for five games. And, and, and I know they lost to, to Philadelphia. They still held Philly to 26 points. Yeah. Their defense was holding people to 10, 10, 17, 17. That's when we were having elite. Topics and special conversations
2: about their defense.
3: And it was and in that time, McCarthy did say we have to be more complimentary offensively. So he wasn't calling the Dak Prescott offense where we're just opening things up and going wild. He was saying, hey, let's keep it within this. But he had to be governed by McCarthy in that moment of, oh, yeah, crap, I forgot. I do have to protect the defense
2: a little bit here because they're our bread and butter. Here's where I struggle, Mike. And I think it would be the same thing for basketball concepts. Like, I don't feel comfortable coming on and being like, like, Corey watches, like, some tape and some film, and I rely on Broadus and, like, Bobby. I don't feel comfortable being like, his route combinations were off. He wasn't having enough people, you know, in terms of a seam and slant patterns, and, like, I don't want to make right. it sound like I'm simplifying it to Madden. So, was Kellen Moore so behind in those X's and O's that, like... He had to go like, what are we upset over with the Cowboys offense that they didn't do what?
0: The other thing, to your point, I'm with you, is we don't know. Do you
2: feel like that, by the way, when you're watching basketball, you love basketball so much, you can tell a team's system. Like, could you look at Rick Carlisle and say his plays or his system is that much different? I can't do that.
0: No, but I guess you can tell tempo and ball movement and, and movement off the ball. Like yeah. for the Mavs the other night, just for example, Spencer Dinwiddie has gone off since Luke has been out. So we literally, you can now say, we run, the Mavericks, run a system for one player to succeed and only one player to succeed. So that makes it tough to go get other players in the NBA to want to play here. Like I'm coming to a system where everything is based around one player. And if that one player isn't, there? Am I the one? Am I the next one player up? If I'm not, I'm still just going to stand in the corner and watch basketball on a slow-paced team. So I feel like I'm, I'm better equipped to watch that in basketball, even though I feel like more and more teams in basketball have gone to we're all going to run the same system, except we might play at a faster pace. Uh, but that's like how I see the NBA when- going now. That's why everybody's getting 40 and 50 points. It's not a big deal that anybody gets 40 or 50 points because Everything's based off of one player needs to have the ball a hundred percent of the time and try to score a hundred points every game, and they limit themselves and they only score forty or fifty.
3: From the two five four, Sean being on made me think it was earlier. Well, he Uh-oh. was he was
0: walking out the door, yeah. and I was like, "Hey, but
3: he saw the same." I will say, what if this- he's just
0: comfortable with D- Dak says? D- I think if Dak didn't like curls and if Dak didn't like some of these routes, which he's grown up with, his whole NFL system is this. We're about to Dak go. would I like say, this. "I don't want to run that anymore." But I think Dak actually says, I like these routes. I don't think Dak doesn't like those routes. I think Dak likes those routes, is comfortable with those routes, and Kellen Moore was running certain things that Dak feels comfortable in seeing.
3: Yeah, and and so to go where – when Kellen Moore goes to coach Justin Herbert, Kellen Moore's probably going to learn some stuff when he's working with Justin Herbert. He's like, oh, crap, this quarterback can do these things. Oh, well, I can draw this, this, and this play for him. I think, Kelly, you're not going to get – people are going to be mad because Kellen Moore will probably be a, look like a fantastic offensive coordinator, which he probably could not have been here because he had this, the comfort of the quarterback that he knew. He's friends with him. He protects him. He does these things. Now he has to go somewhere else and do something different with a new quarterback
2: where he will learn and grow as well. If you're one four and six in points scored in the years your quarterback is healthy, that's a fantastic resume yes, if you're also it, but also it, it just i mean it just is when you need what your, do we get mad when at Cal- you need your three
3: best plays to go on a drive to win uh to win a playoff game yeah. that could put you in a championship game and you go three and out that's and where to, that's it, where there's some, some stale cracker
2: and not to sound like r j but is that an overreaction to three plays like the judge in the course of a season. What do we get mad at during cowboy games the most? People are texting me right now. Guy DFW security. Uh shout out. But Basic, same thing. Uh, first down run. Why are you running it on first down? Why are you trying that stupid trick play?
3: Like, most if, of the season you were good at running it on first down. I until know, but late. that
2: feels like that could carry over to anybody. Right. It feels very elementary. Yeah, you know what?
0: Yeah, Kansas City. I watched them. They didn't run the ball well. They they're in the Super Bowl. They I felt like they were running the ball at times on first down,
2: and they have Patrick Mahomes. If Kellen Moore and them called that Kelsey hook and ladder, oh yeah, we yeah. I mean Kellen Moore getting murdered around here. Yeah. But and they did do that against San Francisco
0: in the home game, right? Yeah. And it didn't work out. They were throwing it to Cedric Wilson, except they
2: threw well, it over. My his bigger head concern whatever. is not that they got rid of Kellen Moore. I, are we sure? Do we all feel like McCarthy is up to this? I don't know. I I, I have a lot
3: of concerns there, but that's isn't that the this is where we had the discussion to open. It's either Mike McCarthy or Dak, and it's not Dak, so it feels like it's going to be the next progression. But you should find out if Dak's the guy with the next coach I text if he grows a, into an,
2: another offense. I texted a couple people that that we all know and I trust their football opinion who know McCarthy and the Green Bay offense. And I don't even know whether this is applicable, right? It's six years ago. Mm. They said he's very matchup-based, limited motion and crossers, six years as an attorney. He's not going to be ready for this. It can work with a quarterback who can see the bad calls he puts in, but I don't know if Dak overcomes that like Rodgers.
3: There were times this year where Dak Prescott walked up to the line and got the play call in real quick and then said, okay, I'm going to adjust this way. There were lots of opportunities. Dak had a lot of carte blanche when it came to those, uh, hey, I'm the quarterback of this team. I can change the call that Kellen Moore just called in. So he'll have that freedom as well. But, man, go back and look at those last few years after they Green Bay was really good, and then it got very stale in that offense. Like, Mike McCarthy didn't change. He didn't make very many adjustments. He was like, Qu- quarterback can handle this. And I don't know if he really locked himself in that barn and said, hey, I am going to implement these other new additions to take advantage of defenses that the NFL's given us.
0: And let me define what we're saying here, because I believe this is the definition of what we're trying to say as the question about Kellen Moore, as a lot of Cowboy fans are happy that he's gone. What if Kellen Moore took you as far as you could ever go with this quarterback? He actually got the most. The Cowboy fan wants Kellen Moore gone because he thinks he's limited you to the least amount of success that you could possibly have with Dak Prescott. What you're trying to say, Sean, which I agree with you, is he might have got the most out of this, and now we're going to find out what the least actually looks like with a limited coach slash, well, limited play caller and now limited quarterback. Because I think even the Cowboys know that Dak is limited in ways that other great quarterbacks aren't. But then what's the play?
3: Him
2: and McCarthy are on two-year deals. The quarterback and the head coach on two-year deals, and I don't know that McCarthy. The Cowboys are going to score points. Like I, I don't, I don't have. They got to win big games. That's the they difference win now. Big games. They're
3: at a point now where you have to. You're the, the Jerry Jones. Like you've won twelve. That's awesome. Now you have to win big games. But I don't know when Mike's saying that when he's pointing out that you now you will find these things out. What if you find out he is wrong? You're still you still have money. You are still pot committed in a lot of ways to this guy. I guess it is the manageable cap situation is after this year, and then the, maybe the Joneses are playing it perfect.
0: Once again, Shauna, I know what you just said, but I told uh, Corey this in the first segment. Jerry Jones not cutthroat. He won't say because you didn't win big games you get fired. As long as as long as McCarthy wins ten games, he fired Jimmy Johnson because they hated each other he fired barry switzer when he finally went six and ten now i guess you could say he did fire chan gailey because they made the playoffs back-to-back years and the quarterback hated him and other people hated him on the team he's like screw it he's not getting along with any of my players he fired dave campo because he went five and eleven every year bill parcell said i'm done with this and he said thank god because i never really wanted to hire somebody with this strong of an opinion and then he didn't fire Wade Phillips till he went one and seven. He didn't fire Jason Garrett until he finally couldn't make the playoffs again. For like, it just I don't. And he think won't get rid of the quarterback Jerry until he physically can. Yeah. His whole football life, he's never been cutthroat on this. He's never been like, "You made the playoffs for three straight years, but you didn't get me to a championship game." Like, he's not cutthroat. He'll be like, "You won ten games. Yeah, we 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 fell down, but we still made the playoffs. Anything can happen in the playoffs, even though." Who's in the Super Bowl? The two number one seeds. If you look over the last decade of football, most teams that make the Super Bowl had a bye. Now it's a little bit different because it used to be one and two seeds. Now it's only one seed. But most teams that get the one or two seed, most teams that get the bye make the Super Bowl. As much as football people want to say, if you make the tournament, you have a chance. Yes, you do. And so does Southwest Texan State University (laughs) or whatever in the NCAA championship because they made the tournament. But we see throughout the history of the NFL – when you get the bye and when you have home field advantage, it makes it a lot easier to get there and the percentages uh, go up. But I just, I don't like this, that Jerry will do something to McCarthy if he makes the playoffs. In the history of Jerry Jones' life, he doesn't do that to people.
3: Sean, thank you for popping in. Appreciate your time. Hope you have a safe drive home, man. Yes.
2: Let me go before the end of this segment. There yeah, he goes.
3: Go
0: talk to Guy there on DFW Security.
3: Yeah,
2: Guy, we love you. I love you, Guy. Yeah. <laughs>
3: He loves. I love you, guy. He, he loves the guy. All right, there he goes, Sean Sharif. Guy's not the biggest Dak Prescott fan. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right, well, that helps out a lot, too, there. And
0: that's 50-50, right? I think Cowboy fans are 50-50 on Dak, and probably 90% of the fans. Text in if you're mad, Kellen Moore's not the, the guy, because I think 90% of Cowboy fans are happy today.
3: All right, so how many people tracked Amari Cooper this this season? And we're like, all right, Where are they? Because the numbers point out. I know that I looked at, I think the pro football focus grades. And if you agree to those, they graded out the exact same. Their numbers show that they were different receivers this year. Ceedee lamb had a better season than Amari Cooper ever had with the Dallas Cowboys. The numbers just prove that. And I'm, I am kind of curious if Kellen Moore goes to, goes to Justin Herbert and they are amazing. like, you, is that your expectation? Are you going to be tracking Kellen Moore and going, all right, ha-ha, told you, Jerry Jones. It was always Dak Prescott. I don't I, I don't know who in that room. That's what I'm curious about the most. Who in that, that, that facility is the one saying, hey, it, guys, it's the quarterback. It's not all these other things. I don't know that there is anybody no. in that place that's saying it's the quarterback.
0: I don't think there is, and I will say that I think when you tracked Amari Cooper – Almost every Cowboy fan was not happy that Amari Cooper had moved on to a fifth both. round pick, right? It's yeah. like, dude, if we're getting rid of Amari Cooper, can't we get like a two seconds or maybe a first? And when that didn't come about, it's like, all right, I want to track this because we got absolutely nothing for him for the most part of fifth round pick. And so I got to see this because they never replaced Amari Cooper. But I think with Kellen Moore, most Cowboy fans will be like, yeah, we might see what the score is at the end of the day, but nobody's watching Chargers football. Not even people in Los Angeles watch Chargers (laughs) football. And I don't think that people are upset that Kellen Moore isn't the offensive coordinator. So uh, I don't think people will go into week four, week five of the Cowboy season. Cowboys, let's say, are averaging 20 points a game and go, God, I knew we shouldn't have got rid of Kellen Moore. He was great, you know? I can even remember this. Can you remember this? Sean Payton got a lot of criticism here as the offensive coordinator. Before he Now, people will say, no, he didn't, Mike. But I'm mean, like, I can remember Sean Payton being here and people being at times upset with well, Sean Payton's kind of uh, techniques and, and style and rhythm to his game planning. And then
3: I think if you remember correctly, he wasn't necessarily ever given the liberty of being the play caller. He was part of a collective under Bill Parcells that called plays. When Bill Parcells would be asked who's calling the plays, he would say, we do. Uh, and he would say, I have my say. Mo Carthon has his say. He never would. I don't even know if he ever said Sean Payton's name by name because he didn't want him to get that credit. He didn't want this guy to come up. He wanted to, to hold on to him like he did Belichick and be like, yeah, this is my mastermind. So, like, there. The, I don't. I agree. There was some, what's the clunky confusion that's going on with this offense and I just I think that's they they got to find that winning formula. You know that one thing that kind of puts them in a really good place of being able to win games. They asked a question in the middle of the season. Sean and RJ were asking it in the middle of the season, Mike. The winning formula is what they're doing with Cooper Rush. Running the ball conservatively, not being too wide open with the football, not giving it away, giving your defense the opportunity to rest by keeping the ball in your hands. Not necessarily going for big plays all the time just scoring enough points and holding them to enough points to keep this thing going. The Cowboys had a winning formula. As soon as Dak Prescott came back, they went, man, it is 40-burger day. Let's go ahead and make 50 brisket time.
0: You know, the other thing, too, is as I'm thinking about all this is How much conversation had Kellen Moore had with the Los Angeles Chargers? I think
3: he had already discussed, like, maybe potentially, yeah, he'd had some conversations with them already.
0: Yesterday afternoon, the public gets news. I'm sure yesterday morning, like, the decision was made in the Cowboys that we're going to move on. But I'm sure they're like, yeah, we're moving on because he already has a deal in place with the Chargers and he wants to go to the Chargers. And McCarthy and him weren't getting along completely at the end of the year. Not saying they were at each other's throats or anything, but – just makes me wonder all these things on like you can't do this and you can't do that there's no way that the chargers were like all right he's fired hire him right now without interviewing him, without anything so i'm just assuming yeah they already chatted with him. i'm sure agent had talked to the chargers throughout the whole season that hey if, if this goes a certain direction which we're understanding it will uh, he's available, and the Chargers had already had conversations. If your guy's available the day he's available, we got a contract. For yeah. Him. no, You know how those
3: things work, Mike? It's always a wink-wink. All right, so Kellen Moore is now believed to be the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers. He will go live it up with Justin Herbert. Coming up next, have you ever been thrown out of a kid's game? If so, why? Here's why Robert Ory was thrown out. Next on the fan. Man, I don't know if Jaron Curse is, like, the newsbreaker around here, but if you pay attention to when he tweets, Mike, he has tweeted two things recently that were right around the same time of very significant moves by the Cowboys. He tweeted the other day, Thank you, God. And we kind of went through the whole one, he just, did he just, did he go to Bible study? And he's just really excited to share the message today. And moments later... Dan Quinn staying around. It was like, whoa, that was kind of big. And then today he tweeted, got to commit to the next step. And Kellen Moore moves on and they're they're going, you know, he's going on to the Chargers and everything. And so that's interesting. It's just, I'm just keeping an eye. Twitter doesn't tell you everything. All right. But every once in a while, man, there are some stories that are going on. All right. So I saw this story and I wanted to ask this question to the Tolos out there. Have you ever been kicked out of a child's sporting event 877-881-1053. I have never I don't let it I don't get heated when I watch my kids play Mike. Um I don't get upset or furious or anything like that. I am there to be dad and let the coach coach and whatever he gets out of it, whatever they get out of the game, I'm there to have the conversation after it's done. You know, hey did you have fun? Uh and As they get older, they'll compete at really high levels. I'm I'm with most kids as they grow older. Mike, you got to a higher level and competed more. I don't know. Were you in second grade, ticked off about you know your pitching? I remember you saying you were kind of a a bully to your teammates. But what what, what grade was it? Okay, were you you were that one that just read and even in second grade, ticked off that y'all weren't winning? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe I
0: would I... say, I mean, this isn't right. I'm not saying this is right, but let's say you're on my team, Corey, and you kept making mistakes. I would yell at you and yell at the coach, take him off the field oh. and never play him. Or I'd say, I'm never passing you the basketball because you can't catch it. So just run up and down the court. I don't care, but stop touching the basketball. And if you get it, give it to somebody who can play basketball.
3: How was your dad... Having been a major league player and then watching you compete, was he as competitive as you, or yeah. was he observing? Okay, yeah. all right. It, but he never got. Did he ever get kicked out? Yeah. Kidding <laughs> me?
0: Yeah, I did too. I,
3: I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know he got kicked out. All right. Well, Robert Robert Ori was ejected from his son's high school basketball game last week on Friday. He received a police escort out of the bleachers at St. Francis High School in L.A because he was repeatedly heckling the referee. Uh, According to NBC's uh, report on NBC Los Angeles, his son Christian is a player at Harvard Westlake who'd been visiting St. Francis. He told the referee, according to a video obtained by TMZ, you suck, with an exclamation point on the end of it. And then he said, hey, ref, are you talking about me? You suck. And he said, oh, you're mad at me because I said you suck, and then he was escorted out of there. Now, these again, this is a guy that played on the high level too. He has lots of championship rings and everything. And he got kicked out of a game. So what reasons have you been for yelling at the at the referee or
0: I don't want to get into it. Okay, um, gotcha. But um I will say me watching a game, nothing against you, Corey, but me watching a game versus you, I will notice where the umpire or referee is when they make the call, which I think most parents or most coaches won't recognize I'm like how if, could
3: they have seen that if call If you're going to
0: make that call you can't be walking up and down the basketball right. court. You should have been at half court at least if you're going to make that call. If if you're going to do that, you got to work hard too. They are paying you money. Yeah. And and I get it, but I've been recently to basketball games where the ref didn't know the difference between a block and a charge. At one point he called a charge and put his hands on his hips and he's like that's a charge. You know, and kids would be double dribbling and he wouldn't call. And these are eighth grade kids. And you're just like, come on, like you, you should, if you're going to do this, you need to put in some work and some effort to knowing the rules of the sport you're doing. And so that's, sure. that's a tough thing. Cause sometimes I'll hear parents go, oh, you know, the game's a little bit out of hand, this and that, but the kid won't know any better. If you don't call things correctly, then they think they didn't do anything wrong or they might've done something right. And then you made them think they did something wrong. Yeah. So I'm not saying, look, they're not perfect. Obviously, the NBA is dealing with not being perfect either. But I do think there's times where, as a, a former athlete, we're watching going, hey, we just want you to put in the effort. We get you're getting paid. I think for uh, a game to, and this is good money, by the way. If you're looking for like a part time job, I believe you get $75 a game to what? do select baseball games. Okay. All right. So I, I think mean, it's like
3: 50 for like the Plano area yeah, for that. Yeah. So
0: I mean, and it's anywhere from, 50 to 75 dollars to umpire an hour and a half game approximately maybe hour 45 minutes you get paid 75 dollars hour and a half you get paid 60 bucks or something like that but that's a lot more money than you can make making at chick-fil-a or something like that i I believe if you're uh, refereeing a basketball game it's somewhere between 25 and 50 dollars it just matters uh the level of competition but i mean it's it's pretty good money to be making close to 50 dollars an hour yeah uh to do these things so i get why people do it and i get why people don't do it i get why a lot of people like look i don't want to get yelled at the parents i don't want to get yelled at by the coaches i don't want to be this and that so i totally get it but obviously i haven't seen this tmz thing but uh i would say watching a lot of sports that i watch at the lower level there's times where i don't say anything i'm like look i'm not going to get thrown out because of this umpire or whatever at the same time you're just like man I wish somebody would help him and teach him what's actually going on or at times then they'll stop umpiring and they'll start teaching and they're teaching the the wrong thing and I'm like I coach my kids a certain way don't do that to (laughs) coach and you're not even coaching correctly but they don't know any better they're trying to be nice and help and that's where you have to try to either you don't say anything most of the time I don't but sometimes you have to say politely hey don't yell at him at that point. Just in between innings, hey, is it, hey, is it okay? If I understand what you're trying to do is help, but I'd rather you just umpire the game than tell my kid what to do or not to do.
3: Yeah, I situation. we've had we've had some pretty good umpires, but sometimes there are some really competitive games that they let be competitive, and I kind of like that sometimes. I'm like, okay, that's nice, but then I'm like, okay, hold on, what was the rule there? Because I I know what Major League Baseball rules are. Those aren't always exactly the same as some of the other rules as well. I always. I always have this one guy in mind. He was 16 years old, showed up with his uh with his you know umpires uniform on, and I think this dude wanted to be in a rock band because when he would call anything, it was like foul ball. And I would what just happened? And he'd be like, Yeah! And I was like, I love this guy, but I have no clue if he's calling the game well. I'm just entertained right now, and I didn't even have to pay for it. From the 214, yeah, I was at a 9U game. The other coach complained that our catcher was using his regular glove to catch because he couldn't squeeze the catcher's mitt. The umpire made him change, and we got the league president to confirm local rules allowed him to use whatever glove he wanted. The umpire got so mad, he kicked me and my brothers out. Then the league president came over and kicked the umpire out of the out of for his language, and he refused to leave. And they ended up calling the police. We uh we uh, there's there's some more to it, but yeah, they they some big story happened there. So they got the freaking umpire kicked out of the game when they also got kicked out too from the five one eight. I was a little league umpire when I was in high school as a summer job. I was playing for South Lake Carroll as well and kicked out parents almost weekly. I I do wonder, like, what are the things, because if I'm an umpire and I'm hearing them yell at the other kids, I'm like, what are you really doing? Why are you yelling at another team's kids as a parent? What
0: what are you teaching your kids there? I just, in those situations, Corey, and this is where playing professional sports, you never engage with the parents. You don't engage with the fans. I mean, unless they're calling you names, like bad names, and I get sometimes they do, but, like, your strike zone's horrible. That's a ball. I'm sitting behind here. You want to see my, my camera? I mean, you know, Patrick Beverly brought the camera over to uh, the referee the other day and got the technical foul, but just ignore them. That's what you're supposed to do as an umpire or a referee. You're supposed to ignore the stands. They're there to, yes cheer on their team if they want to berate the other team that's their prerogative as long as they're not yelling swear war words or anything horrible you're supposed to just ignore them if that's that's what your job is as a referee or umpire you're not supposed to engage in the crowd you're just supposed to umpire the game or you're supposed to ref the game i get it it's not fun at uh you know, little league games or high school games, you know, basketball, football, because you can hear them a lot more. It's not like there's 50,000 people there or 20,000 people there. There's 50 people there or there's 100 people there. So you're going to be able to hear exactly what they say about how bad you are. But if you just ignore them, it goes away.
3: Yeah, The this is somebody said they were the referee or the umpire in Southlake. This is interesting because this one comes in. I got kicked out of my son's youth uh, football game against South Lake. Uh, they had this is, and I think this happens to every parent out there. They had an eighth grader playing sixth grade football and he was bigger and faster and stronger than everyone. And he was coached to hurt our boys, broke two of our kids' arms. I think, how many times have you like been watching and you're like, good God, our kids are so much smaller than that one kid. How do they get that kid on that team? I think every parent has run up against. You think the other team has, you know, seniors whenever you're playing in a middle school league, and you're like, "What's going on right. here?" You're always like, "No, how do they grow them that big here?" But at South League, baby. They do grow them like that sometimes. Uh, from the, I think, uh, in Burleson, they get paid fifty dollars for tenu and up, and forty dollars for T-ball and coach okay, pitch. Yeah. Again, because yeah, there's
0: little. I mean, you're not umpiring. I mean, not that. You're not umpiring too much in kind of T-ball or, or coach pitch or, you know, stuff like that. So it's obviously as you get a little bit higher, you have to call balls and strikes, right? If you're doing T-ball or coach pitch, there's no balls and strikes. Right. Uh, you know, you just have to wait, watch if the kid swings three times and misses the third one, you have to say, well, that was your third swing, you're out. But
3: from the three two five, I'm on youth council board, and we can't find anyone to ref because parents are so bad. they complain that, and we ask them to th- them to ref and of course, they stay quiet.
0: There's a major shortage, yeah. of umpires and referees. That's why I'm saying if you need a job uh, and you like sports, and you're young, and you know, like nothing getting Slim Scotty in there. Slim Scotty's not getting paid much at all to do his job here. Mm, okay. There's there's all very right. little money in radio, and there's a lot of people that ask me about coming up here. I'm like, look, you're gonna do. It's gonna. It you want if you want to sacrifice and maybe a possibility of making in this, you're going to have to make less than minimum wage for the most for part. For a while, yeah. Here and uh, in radio in general, I'm not just saying yep. up here, but in general, it's a very low paying entering job where you work up here and you're going to be like, I can't live at all. Like You can't buy food. You can't buy an apartment. You can't do anything up here. And you have to find other ways to make a living to try to survive. And I do think if you like sports, a way to do it. It does take away from your weekends because I've thought about doing it. But think about this. If you're going to do this, if you're going to be an umpire, they're going to make you umpire a minimum of four games on Saturday. That means you got the 8 a.m. game, the 9.45 game, the 11.30 game, and the one fifteen game, and you're going to get off work at about 3 p.m. So you're going to have to be at the field by 7:45, dressed and ready to go, or get there at 7:30 and start dressing and getting ready to go. Uh, you know, weather could be tough in the morning; it could be really cool in the morning, and then could get hot. Oh for man, your it gets game. really hot sometimes. So you're there from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. How many people want to sacrifice? You know, in the United States of America, too. How many people Saturday. want to sac- sacrifice their Saturday? From 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Now you are getting paid approximately $50 an hour to do this. There's not many jobs that get paid. We don't come close to that number here. So, like, just to give you an idea, I'd rather do radio. Well, you're going to be making a lot less money doing it than umpiring or refing basketball games. And then you're going to have to commit to Sunday, too, because then Sunday's the elimination situation. So you're going to have to do that again. That being said, you work eight hours, you know, times 50. You're doing pretty good. You're making four hundred dollars a day on the weekend.
3: Yeah, I remember I remember doing basketball. I remember like it was, you know, six year olds playing basketball. And I was like, this is an absolute blast. They don't expect anything of me. I was making fifty bucks a game. I was like, this is so much fun. Cause I again, I didn't have parents jumping down my throat. I was also doing T-ball. It was easy. It was just like, oh yeah, the kid didn't hit the ball. I mean, it kind of is self-explanatory. They had it all figured out. The parents I mean, the coaches really did run a lot of the things they're communicating with their kids. I was just there as the mediator, but it was a blast at the time. I do, I can see yeah, as they get jealous. a little older where it gets a little chaos sometimes.
0: I know we're out of time, but I guarantee you that referees bragging to all his friends, he threw Robert Oriano. Probably
3: so, man. Absolutely. Guess who I get to chuck out today? A guy who has more rings than Michael Jordan. All right, coming up next here on the KNC Masterpiece, it's time to go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Next on The Fan.
1: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan, it's time to go on, around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Oh, it's
0: a good day for biscuits
3: and gravy, huh? That is. Yeah, it absolutely is. Nice and warm.
0: I made some chicken tortilla soup last night and making some chili tonight. I feel like when it gets cold, this is when I'm a better cook. Not that good of a summer cook.
3: Okay, all right, I can see that. Summertime is more. You got the summer salads. Uh, you got yeah. the, uh, and then you know, briskets and all that stuff. Stuff on the grill. Yeah. So that yeah, makes sense. I can see that. You're you're a baker, Mike. Like you're you're baker, Mike, is what we like to call you around here because you bring in some good baked goods. We've always called you. Um, before we get into the gridiron gravy conversation, fan bowl registration. I want to give all the information to you right now. Fan Bowl registration is open for one more day. All right? You get your chance to play in one of the coolest paper football tournaments in America. You can go to 105.3thefan.com, click on our contest page, and you can win a possible slot in our Fan Bowl tournament. I want to make that very clear because a lot of times it's like, hey, you know, you're guaranteed a spot. This year is a little bit different. There is $3,000 in prize money up for grabs, including a $1,500 first prize. It's going on Saturday inside Revolver Brewing at Texas Live. So it's right there in Arlington. It's right there between Fort Worth and Dallas. The great city of DFW is what I like to call it. All-encompassing, Mayor Johnson. It's happening this Saturday at Texas Live inside of Revolver Brewing. Weather's going to be great. Today, weather bad. Tomorrow, weather bad. Thursday, recovering. All right, But Saturday is going to be gorgeous. Get your chance to win, 105.3thefan.com. Click on our contest tab. Even if you don't want to play, party hard with us. We're going to be partying all day long at Fan Bowl, February 4th, this Saturday. Texas Live. Can't wait to share a toast with you. 2 o'clock is when everything gets rolling, so be there early. I say go ahead and show up at 1, and uh, we'll have a fantastic day over the weekend. The big news right now is that Kellen Moore is going to the Chargers. I think we were starting to get some whispers this morning. Now it is expected that he will be with the Chargers. We have a lot to discuss there, a lot of conversation going on there. But, man, there's a there's a, a, a lot of new things that the Cowboys are going to be experiencing. There's some coaches that aren't going to be with them this year. Dan Quinn is going to be back, so you can feel pretty good about the defense. Do you think that Mike McCarthy is going to walk in to Jerry, this this uh, draft and say, all right, now it's time to invest in my offense. Oh, that's yes. that's one, interesting.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. You think so? Yeah. If your job's on the line, what are you doing, Corey? Uh,
3: I'm ju- I, whatever you're I had. In,
0: you're investing in in what can make you look yes. better, yeah. right? And if the defense looks a little bit worse next year, that's not going to be on McCarthy. If the offense looks worse next year, that's going to be on McCarthy. So he has to figure out a way how to make the playoffs. If he makes the playoffs, his job's secure. He's not losing his job if he makes the playoffs as much as Cowboy fans want it. Uh, But to do that, he's also going to be more head of the offense. Doing that, he's probably going to look at the first and second round and go, this is what we really need, and he's going to talk about offensive help. I think from the third round on, you can find, or they're going to try to find, whatever it is, a defensive tackle, a safety, a cornerback. I think now those first two picks, I I bet Mike McCarthy is going to just make sure that he's in the room hinting on how much he needs another wide receiver or the right running back Uh, if, obviously, you're looking for a new running back. uh, Maybe offensive line. I don't know. Tyron Smith might retire. Jason Peters is probably done in the NFL, even though he had a nice year for the Cowboys. So maybe there's an offensive lineman that he really likes that can protect his quarterback a little bit longer, open up another hole. So
3: I wonder if McCarthy, like, he's, I mean, clearly had the – is to say some things. I wonder if he's the one that's going to tell the Joneses that Zeke can't come back and look, my offense can't run with that guy. Or if he's like, you know what? I'll find a place for him for you guys, Jerry. Um, that, that's a, that's a question that's there. And for anybody that's saying you guys think that Kellen Moore is the problem and you're going to find out the other way. I think we've made it very clear. Dak's not going anywhere. And the combination of him and Kellen Moore can only get you so far. So it's I can I'm not sitting here throwing Dak under the bus or Kellen Moore. It's just that you know which one is move you can move on from right now, and that is the offensive coordinator. Try and get some new blood in here to grow Dak Prescott to change some things. I don't know what the answer is to that question because some guys maybe just don't change. But Dak Prescott has only learned under Jason Garrett, Linehan, and Kellen Moore and Nussmeyer. Like, that's the group that he's worked yeah. with, other than Dan Mullen, where he was pretty good there, too. That's it. So maybe somebody else with fresh ideas can change his mind just a little bit.
0: I hope all the Cowboy fans are right. But it was so we're saying it was always the coordinator's fault. And, and maybe you're right. It was always the coordinator's fault under. Uh, Tony Romo-led offenses, and it's always been the coordinator's fault under Dak Prescott-led offenses, and I hope you're right. I, I hope that's the case, that over 2006 through 2022, we've had the quarterback. Those guys are better than Troy Aikman. They're better than anybody you can name. It's just been the offensive coordinator who screwed up the two greatest quarterbacks in Cowboys history. Uh,
3: um, you know what, Mike? I see what you did there. I see exactly what you did there. This happened on the way to, I believe this was on the way to the locker room in the post game with the oh, Cincinnati yeah. Bengals last night. This is Jermaine Pratt on Joseph Asai's late hit.
0: Oh my back. The
3: there was a late hit. Yeah. On the sidelines with Mahomes. Wrong. Uh and he's not wrong. And somebody, I think his uh he was asked about it. And he said, uh He wrote on Twitter or on Instagram, yes, people will post anything on social media for likes and views. I have real feelings sometimes they are raw. If you love something as much as I do, sometimes things will be said in the heated of the moment, but I know what type of teammate I am and what type of man I am. This, Osai was in tears on the sideline. like He knew what he did wrong. He was was upset with himself. The rest of his team, as they were asking him questions, was rallying around him. That was a moment where this dude was ticked off. Why did you even touch the quarterback? Right. And it cost them. I mean, it cost them space. It cost them yardage. There are a lot of other points in the game where you can point to. But that was a big one right there. And I think it's perfectly okay for a teammate to be upset in that moment, too. man.
0: Yeah, he's walking off the field for the last time as a Cincinnati Bengal in 2023. They were, if you don't push him, And, I hey, he made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. That was a... That was a game-losing mistake. Unfortunately, there's not enough time to make up for that mistake. You lost the game by making that mistake at the moment you made it. But for a player two minutes later to just be upset that they're not going to the Super Bowl or in overtime of the AFC championship game with still the chance to go to the Super Bowl, I can understand why he's that upset. And so he, he was screaming and yelling when, hey, at times you don't, remember that there's cameras everywhere now
3: yeah and
0: and so after it's over and he's able to calm down that's his teammate he feels bad it could have been him he could have accidentally made the same mistake now he believes he wouldn't have but when you're chasing a quarterback that's running as fast as he can and you're right behind him running as fast as you can Sometimes it's tough to hold up. Sometimes you're like, I want to make sure he's out of bounds, and you forget that, dang it, we were – he. I was in bounds, but he was already out of bounds, and I shouldn't have done that, and it cost you the game. Um,
3: I tried to watch it multiple times to figure out, like, is there a way he could have done anything? To, all only thing he could do is not put his hands out. Yeah. Other than that, like, oh, that was the last – he wasn't even close to him, honestly, yeah. but his arms reached out, yeah. and if he had just said, you know what, I'm going to keep running – then maybe here's what would have happened. Maybe there is a chance that Mahomes would have gained an extra three yards by doing what he typically does and tiptoeing out of bounds. But all he had to do was not that and saves themselves a a, a big-time penalty there. And it
0: matters who you are, because think about this. If Micah Parsons would have done that, today we'd have been going, oh, my God, like, yeah, he's the best. We love him. I can't believe that happened. If that was Randy Gregory, and I know he's not even on the Cowboys anymore, who'd have done that? Okay, let's say it was Sam Williams. Sam, yeah, Sam Williams. We'd have been like, what the, what are you doing, dude? Like, you got to pull your head out of your butt at some point, you know, right? It would have just been a different conversation for who would have done it. And I don't follow uh, Cincinnati that well. I know that that's a good player. They had just bragged about him five minutes before that play, or it might have been a one minute before that play. Uh, that the telecast was saying that this kid's had a nice rookie. Is he a rookie from UT? Was he a second round pick from UT?
3: Uh,
0: yeah, I believe they so. Had just made yeah. a play and they'd given like his story and I'm like, oh, solid player. And then he did that. You're like, oh, but hey. Unfortunately, those are the best way to learn Failing is the best way to learn and unfortunately most of us have to fail to learn we don't learn from other people we learn from our own failure
3: he was a uh, round three pick he round was three. the 69th okay. pick overall All nice right. um let's don't go have Reggie here I, I know I gotta live on for him uh let's go to let's go to Philadelphia where right. it was the worst game I mean like this was the worst game before the game though Joey bosa brother of Nick Bosa was wearing a San Francisco 49ers jersey and posing for pictures. Here's what Eagles fans had to say. Bosa! Hey,
0: when did the Chargers what, play this
2: what, week? Are you snapchatting your little buddies?
0: Just videoing you, the guy who's not playing today. Bosa! Bosa! <laughs> Bosa!
3: It just seems seems unbearable, Mike. How are
0: those fines, Bosa? Good. I can them. So can I.
3: Oh, my Me God. Too. He went back at him.
2: Me too.
3: He went back at him, Mike. So that was that going on. But, Mike, this was you – Joe know, Nick Bosa had a good day, actually. He wasn't poor. But when Brock Purdy went down, this became an unwatchable football yeah,
0: game. Yeah, it was like uh, if you're a high school coach and there's, there's some recruiting in high school, but you're not really supposed to. And you get to the point where your senior quarterback graduates, and you know that there is not a sophomore junior or senior at your school who can quarterback high school football. That's what it turned into. After that injury, it looked like one of the uh, watching a high school game where they don't have a quarterback. They have a kid who's in eighth grade or a freshman who they might like. yeah, for the future, re- <laughs> but he's not ready to quarterback at the varsity level. And so you just have to deal with handing it off 90% of the time for a year. That was Brian Adams football. You're like, look, I'm limited on what I can do. Uh, Even though I really like Kyle Shanahan, there was nothing he could do. Once that injury happened, Josh Johnson, nothing against him. He probably came back to the NFL this year. He's like, dude, if somebody wants for me to collect an NFL check, I will. And I'll be the scout team quarterback. So he probably spent almost 100% of practice this week being Jalen Hurts. And spent almost no time being Brock Purdy or the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. So when he got thrust thrust into that game, he's probably like, "I don't, I didn't study for this. I studied to be Jalen Hurts, and that's why they're having delay of games." He's like, "I don't know. I, I was collecting a paycheck. He'll, he'll never be in the NFL again unless a team has three injuries at quarterback right. or two injuries at quarterback. Like, hey, we need a fourth quarterback or we need a fifth quarterback, and that's where you look at." Hey, who has 12 years of experience and still wants to sit on a sideline? Yep, exactly. I raise my hand. Yeah. Uh, I will do it. If somebody wants to give me <laughs> $50,000 a week to just sit here, I will sit here. And unfortunately, he had to get put into the game when he fumbled when he fumbled the snap right before half to make it 21 to 7 instead of 14 to 7. Mm-hmm. That's when it was completely over. I went to the grocery store to get some more groceries and I kind of gave up on the game. I came back uh, and I saw that Brock Purdy was back into the game. And then I watched one series where they handed it off every time. And even though they needed to And pass, that was what they like, did okay, for the rest of the game. Right, and I'm like, this game's over. And then I got, I was just like, I'll move on with my day and wait for the next game.
3: Yeah, it, was, it, it got to the point, Mike, I said it was just like watching Brian Adams football. Like that's what we would take maybe a shot every once in a while downfield. But for the most part in our high school, it was we're going to run the football. And if we can't do that then we will lose a lot of football today. And that was kind of the the vibe because they didn't trust any quarterbacks to throw the ball. Brock Purdy couldn't throw. Now, I guess the question, and we'll have to look at this a lot longer later, Mike, is what is to do now with Brock Purdy? Uh, If he was going to keep winning, you knew he was going to get that job, do they look at it next year and say, hey, we have a little bit of a quarterback competition? At this point, Brock Purdy has played more college and professional football than Trey Lance. And I don't know how you go away from that experience. It's wild to think that at this point. But Trey Lance hasn't played much football at all in the last few years. So there is a little way to look at that. Coming up next here on the KNC Masterpiece playoff. I'm sorry. Did the Cowboys give themselves the best possible talent for this year? And do you have faith that they'll take that next step forward or backwards next season? Next on the fan.